0: Hey, it's Jordan, here with uh, the legend himself, Lee Camp, uh, <laughs> with Redacted Tonight, and you also have had a cool comedy special out. Uh, how, how can people go check out your comedy special, which has no corporate influence? It's all you.
1: Yeah, it's all me. Put it out myself. I mean, part of that's because most of the corporations wouldn't even speak to me, I think, if <laughs> I even tried, but uh, no, it's, yeah, it's my own thing. It's at LeeCampComedySpecial.com, and uh, my first stand-up special in over four years. So,
0: yeah, cool. I uh, look forward to seeing it. So, I wanted to start with you. You do some of the best uh, uh, work I've seen on military-industrial complex and all that insanity. Oh, thanks. And, and it's almost like, you know, I don't really cover Trump twenty-four-seven. I, I know you don't either. But like, just <laughs> just when Trump dangles like a little something, where you're like, all right, this is an Armageddon. This is somewhat good. Like maybe he's just accidentally doing the right thing. Uh, he's already kind of moonwalking back from from Syria withdrawals now it's on pause. I'm scared shitless. You know, he's meeting with Lindsey Graham, heaven forbid, if Lindsey Graham is our new defense secretary. Yeah. Uh are you surprised by this? Uh for for a hot minute, we were going to take troops out of Syria, half the troops out of Afghanistan. Uh looks like uh not not, not passing.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the things Trump has done that seem peaceful, such as peace with North Korea and pulling troops out of Syria, A, I think he's doing them for the wrong reasons. He's doing them because it, it'll look grandiose. He can stamp his name across peace process with North Korea or across something else. Uh, or he's doing it because he's getting a lot of tre- tweets about something. But, um, but when he does it, 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 it immediately you see the kind of deep state and the corporations involved in the military-industrial complex push him and make sure it doesn't happen. So, you know, the New York Times was doing uh, completely refuted articles about how North Korea had restarted their nuclear program or whatever they said. And it's like both the media, the deep state, the Congress, they're all so opposed to like peace with North Korea or pulling troops out of Syria. You know, Mattis resigns. War criminal Mattis resigns out of protest because Trump wants to pull troops out of Syria. I mean it's so revolting that these are the few and far between things that trump has done that could be positive and it's the things he gets the most kind of unified shit about but from the from congress and you know both republicans and democrats it's i mean it shows how set up the war machine is and how the questioning of it is just this like third rail that can't be touched
0: and what i found i guess not surprising but Obviously, they, they had like one anti-war voice on in days, Rand Paul. And, yeah. um, but the radical concept is the troop withdrawal. Uh, and the scandalous is, is the troop withdrawal, not the fact that we're there illegally in the first place. Right. That, that wasn't mentioned at all. I mean, I expect this. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, an NBC journalist just left and on his way out, like in a memo, he basically acknowledged like, yeah, NBC, in addition to being Trump, a Trump circus, uh, is they're they're warmongers. This was a uh, journalist Bill Arkin, I believe, uh just left. But there there seems to be no discussion on laws and and international law. I don't expect it in corporate media, but just period. Uh it, it, unless it's you or or actual independent journalists.
1: Yeah, and that's why uh you know journalists like you or me or Jimmy Dore, or whoever, need to be I call them the the white blood cells of the mainstream media. They attack the infection that is that is criticizing war, that is calling out, you know, the the 21 trillion of unaccounted for adjustments at the Pentagon. That's that's talking about these things. The white blood cells kick into gear, and that's why I've had, you know, uh, New York Times isn't going to talk about anything I've covered. But what they will do is give me the cover of the arts section to trash me uh and npr did the same thing and they do that to make sure that in those google searches the first thing that comes up new york times article lee campus propaganda and they're the white blood cells to make sure that uh this 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 news doesn't get out there this information doesn't get out there and you know it, it's amazing to see them kick into high gear at the threat of peace the idea that there could be peace with north korea the idea that there could be peace uh, with with Syria, They really do kick into high gear, and Congress has completely just given away—they're supposed to hold the the purse strings of war. They're supposed to, uh, you know, vote on whether we should go to war, but they—you know, 1973, they they enacted the whatever it's called, War Powers Act or whatever, and and then they've never voted against uh, military action until this latest Yemen vote which was only in the Senate and the House made sure they didn't vote on it uh, basically and and it's like that that's that's the one little bit I mean that Yemen vote is the only time they've ever even done anything on on the bombs that we're dro- I mean Obama was in seven countries I think we're still in seven countries Obama dropped more bombs that, per day than Bush did Trump is now on, under him the military is beating that record and you know, the, the, the slightest threat of peace is just their, their hair is on fire. However, the, if you notice, the one time our media was fully congratulating Trump was when he started bombing Syria like a year ago. And then it was all celebrations. It was all they were they were just smiles ear to ear.
0: Well, the other element is, you know, not that I'm saying the media shouldn't have had outrage over, you know, the what do you call it, the execution of uh, Jamal Khashoggi. He wasn't exactly like a journalist per se. He, he was, you know, kind of uh, in bed with some of those Saudi uh, rich, rich folk. But at the same time, that's when the media and the political class got upset about Saudi Arabia, not the not the dropping of bombs, not the dropping yeah. bombs on school buses, children, weddings. It was this one journalist, because obviously the media gets incensed when they are the story, not when well- uh, foreign <laughs> citizens are.
1: Well, well, I'll take it even a bit further. And it took me a while to figure out why are they covering the death of this journalist? They don't cover the death of journalists all the time. Like, journalists are, are executed in Saudi Arabia and around the world endlessly. There's assassinations. The woman who revealed the Pentagon, uh, not the Pentagon paper, the Panama Papers was assassinated. No discussion, basically, of any of that. Why Khashoggi was it? And it's because he was one of the media elite. He wasn't one of the kind of third world we don't you know you're a blogging in Saudi Arabia dissident he wasn't one of those he was the media elite he was a washington post columnist and he he was friends with them he knew them he had dinner with them you know I, I talked to chris hedges about it and you know hedges knew him and and like he was one of the media elite which when you kill one of them that's a step too far that is so so really it's the elite protecting the elite now uh, like you said it is horrific But they should also be covering the the murder of journalists all over the world, and they're really not. And this was the first time they were willing to question Saudi Arabia. Meanwhile, Yemen is facing the—it could become the largest famine in the past hundred years. And our media is—MSNBC, according to Fairness and Accuracy Reporting, went a year uh, ending in this past July without mentioning Yemen— during that time, they mentioned Stormy Daniels 455 times. So.
0: It's unbelievable. I want to <laughs> ask you because, you know, you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez coming in, uh, Rashida Tlaib, who today is the big story because she said a bad word, and, you know, all this <laughs> other stuff. But I don't really see progressives making the connection. You know, Trump is, there's a war on the southern border. I mean, there's less people that are being killed by, you know, undocumented immigrants than being murdered in schools and concerts. And oh, I had the argument with my dad the other day. I love him, but he watches Fox News. He said, why are you so concerned about this, but you don't give a damn about the concert shootings, the malls? The... You know, I don't really see this, this connection among progressives to make that, uh, not just for campaigns, but in general. Like, no, no, there's a real war in America against white Fox News watching domestic terrorists. Uh, there's a mass shooting every other week, sometimes twice a week. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, it's I I don't expect the Democratic Party to do it, but I don't really see that being brought up uh, in a coherent message by progressives.
1: Yeah, I mean, those who kind of just get their news from Fox News are living in one world. And those who only get their news from MSNBC are living in this completely opposite world with their own facts. And but, you know, and I was on a panel once with a a year ago with a Republican and with immigration comes up and she goes, she goes, actually, immigrants uh, commit far more crime than any other uh, you know, group in America. And I kind of looked at her like, I don't know what you're talking, because the truth is, it's, ex- it's exactly the opposite. Your, your average immigrant and your average illegal immigrant commits far less crime, because guess what? They don't want to get kicked out of the country. So, uh, it, you know, but you, you watch Fox News endlessly, you have this world of facts that you're, that you're quoting that are completely incorrect. Um, but you're right about the mass shooters, they are mostly white males. And I, I think one of the biggest flaws is that our mainstream media, even when they do cover one of those shootings, will not cover kind of the root cause of these things. Like almost all of them were on incredibly tough economic times. They couldn't. They couldn't uh, earn a living. They couldn't afford to uh, d- to take care of a family, or even sometimes get a family. Because guess what? In order to uh, to land a, a wife who, who uh, you know, wants to get in a relationship with you, you often need to uh, be, have, enough, have a couple of pennies to rub together to go out All on right. dates and not look like a loser. Um, and these, so, these... so
0: you're telling me that's why I'm single. Okay.
1: But people have been exploited to such a level that they are kind of blowing up. The anger kind of blows out in, in these various ways. Uh, A suicide is another one. You know, uh, suicides, uh, and especially veteran suicides, is a horrific uh, crisis in this country. And none of this is talked about. None of these root causes is talked about, the economic exploitation. Instead, it's just, oh, you know, lone wolf, if it's a white guy. If it's not a white guy, he's part of a terrorist organization.
0: You know, I don't really uh, want to do like horse race handicapping 2020, but I do want to ask you about the propaganda, because I was on the campaign trail uh, when I was at the Young Turks, and obviously there was a lot of propaganda and attacks against Bernie Sanders. But it's, it's like a different level now, and he hasn't even announced. I mean, I feel like they all got in a room uh, at some point, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, Politico, now The New Yorker, and we're just like, all right, you got Monday, you got Tuesday, you got Wednesday. It, it's a diff- it's yeah. sometimes two, two a day. Everything from, you know, he's behind, quote-unquote, attacks on uh, Better O'Rourke to now, obviously, there was obviously issues in his campaign with uh, sexual harassment and things, which I think he addressed pretty straight on and apologized for it and said he'd do better. But there was no accusation against him. Um, what are your thoughts? Because we, we know the nexus, we know how this works. But I think it's on one hand, you have all these coordinated uh, propaganda against Bernie Sanders. And on the other end, I mean, they're, they're censoring independent media. I know you've been attacked. Uh, uh, on Facebook and suppressed. I mean, every day I'm losing subscribers like 200 at a time sometimes, unexplicably. People don't get notified. Google searches are rigged. Uh, It seems like there's a real, uh, you want to talk about a rigged system, uh, a really rigged process.
1: Yeah, I think back in 2016 and 2015, they thought kind of the status uh, quo uh, uh, ruling elite thought that they could just write those articles about Bernie Sanders if he got threatening, not cover him on MSNBC, and that he would just go away. And, and they thought that if they just did a couple of uh, articles about Trump, uh, you know, saying McCain was a coward or whatever he said, that he would go away. And neither happened. And really, the, the reason, I mean, Trump got 23 times as much coverage as Bernie. But the reason Bernie was able to compete was all of this social media and the ability of average people to talk about these candidates outside of just the, you know, the gatekeepers uh, on the mainstream media. And so now what you're seeing is like this kind of panicked like, oh, shit we can't shut down outside thought we can't keep everything inside of the little acceptable box and i talk about this someone on the stand-up special this little box of allowable debate they'll debate but it has to be between here and here you can't have out here out, you know it's, it's got to be a, really the acceptable levels of debate and that's perfect for them because then if you're even debating in there you've already lost because you don't know you're not talking about everything else. And, and so now what they're, they're doing is all the suppression you're talking about. I mean, what was it, 800 pages were purged from Facebook on the same day? They coordinated with Twitter so that they were banning not just the, the, that same page's Twitter account, but the editors of those pages, people that had their own personal Twitter accounts that happened to be editing, you know, uh, at anti-media or Free Thought Project or whatever. They're banned off Twitter, and this coordinated like that full on conspiring between Twitter and Facebook and others to shut down these these platforms. And I think that the the Bernie Sanders people and the the people who, you know, are are excited for a Bernie Sanders 2020 run don't understand that it, it's not like it was in 2015 and 2016, that you can't they they will not get the traction online that they used to. I mean, you look at, like, CNN videos on YouTube, and they're getting a million views, whereas they used to get 5,000. And the reason is not because everyone's all of a sudden into CNN. Oh, my God, it got so good recently. No, it's because that's what YouTube is spraying at people's faces. Hey, you have to watch this. They're not showing your videos to people. They're not showing my videos to people. They're, like you said, just every time I tweet out, hey, people are being unsubscribed without their knowledge, Check and see if you're still subscribed. I get a dozen or 20 uh, responses to those tweets saying, I thought I was subscribed and I'm not. Right. And it's just endless.
0: I can't tell you how many people are actually reaching out to me and being like, hey, are you still on Twitter? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah. they don't see my tweets. Like, they have uh, to actually go to my Twitter page to see my tweets, even if they're following me or whatever. Um, but that gets to a point about Bernie because, you know, I don't think Bernie, like, Is most is like most uh, presidential candidates. Obviously, he wants to win, but that's not the main reason. It is the main reason, but it's not the only reason he's running. He's trying to make a point. But I see Elizabeth Warren now running. Uh, Obviously, Beto O'Rourke is being manufactured into this Obama, you know, (laughs) 2.0. And Bernie, uh, I I don't know. It's not like I, I do know people in his orbit, but. He he believes in, you know, campaigning on the policy. And I think he went to a knife fight holding a spoon in many ways (laughs) against Hillary Clinton. I mean, it's it's the secrets he's going to run. So what are your thoughts? Not on who's going to win, but um, what you'd like to see different this time uh, in a Sanders campaign?
1: Well, let me get to that in one second. I was going to say, do you think that they'll even allow him to run as a Democrat? Because they changed the rules and now the head of the DNC decides whether you've been Democrat enough in your speeches and writings. And I think that that rule was specifically designed to make sure he couldn't run as a Democrat.
0: Well, then then that goes to the actual route, which I'll ask you, are they okay with, by default, are they trying to lose? Because if they did that, they can't expect 18 to 29, I mean, Hillary Clinton lost 6% uh, among 18 to 29 compared to Obama in 2012.
1: You're yeah. basically
0: telling young people to go fuck yourself. Uh, well,
1: I, I have long said that the, the Democratic Party would much rather lose to a corporatist like Trump than win with an anti-corporatist like Bernie, yeah. uh, they, they because they are full-on corporate state, and, you know, they, they are... They have far less in common with Bernie than they have in common with Trump. I mean, and that's why they're only getting mad at Trump for very specific things uh, rather than kind of the entirety of what he stands for. Because most of what he stands for is what they stand for, you know, tax cuts for the rich and and uh, extracting all the resources to a tiny number of individuals. They're all they're all game for that. Uh, It's it's really kind of calling out the the war state, as you said earlier, that uh, that is really upsetting to them. But uh, in terms of what I'd like to see from a Sanders campaign, I mean, I don't don't hold that much hope for kind of what Sanders can achieve in this next run. Um, You know, I I don't think he's been great on foreign policy. Uh, uh, Yes, he has done more than other candidates. In fact, someone, uh, 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 David Swanson recently pointed out that in his latest fundraising email, Bernie's, he actually did for the first time Call out the budget, the insane bloated budget of our military industrial complex uh, the stated budget is like seven hundred some billion a year, and uh, apparently he doesn't really do that often, so that was a step in the right direction but i um, uh, yeah i I think he'd have to he'd have to care a lot more about foreign policy he'd have to you know start caring about things like bds and and i, I don't know i think I think there's a lot to be. To, to want out of him in this next go-round if he were to run as a Democrat or, or you know, as a third party would be an interesting option as well. I, I know uh, Nick Brana, who was with his campaign uh, last time around, has done a lot to try and create the uh, movement for a People's Party, which was a third party. It is a third party, but they had hoped Bernie would kind of come lead it, and he has, I think, not even answered them. So now they're going to run with uh, you know, a different candidate. But mm-hmm.
0: I'd like to ask you, because obviously it seems like uh, you know, the U.K. Um, has been kind of one step ahead of us with Brexit, and now you see the yellow vest movement in France. Uh, I'm seeing a lot more comments, like we need a yellow vest movement here. I, I yep. think Occupy, if you want to call it like a, a white vest, I mean it was, it was strong, but I think the leadership structure was a little strong. Uh, screwy. And obviously those police and the corporate oligarchy cracked down. But, you know, listen, I think that you have obviously uh, a populist explosion. And I think people are getting fed up. I mean, I encourage nonviolent protest, but I think we need more than like, you know, March of our lives one Saturday. Uh, I think we need to have more people with the mentality of shutting things down. Uh, Do you see we're, we're reaching that precipice?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we should be. It's But, you know, it's kind of a brilliant scheme that as we get to the point that, uh, you know, uh, it seems like some sort of vir- revolution, either nonviolent or violent, could pop off, people are so, uh, you know, it's, the situation is so dire that they can't even afford to get food or can't afford uh, to stop their job for one day so it's kind of like they're chained down to not be able to uh, to stand up or strike or uh, shut things down in a in a strong way and it's a it's a brilliant system this late stage capitalism that has people chained down like that but yeah there is there is an american yellow vests uh, group on facebook and uh, they emailed me and and I don't know uh how how strong they are yet but um, you know, I know that many of them are pushing for nonviolent, uh, uh, extreme grassroots action. And I, I think that you need to have movements like that. And you've got to understand that when these movements grow, they will be infiltrated. They will be attacked by the corporate state. That's how this system works. Um, and I think that that's why these groups need to keep their eye on the goal and and so that if, uh, you know, if, it, if the goal, let's say, is to shut down uh, oil pipelines and fracking or whatnot, like, it, it shouldn't matter whether uh, uh, certain people are infiltrators. You just you continue to, to show up protest and protest uh, and, and don't expect that any large grassroots movement is just going to be left alone by the powers that be. It, it will not. And we saw that with Occupy. Uh, you know, it, 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 it started so so pure and, and awesome. And then it was filled with uh, a combination of plainclothes cops and FBI. And, you, you know, the cops are bringing um, every homeless person they can find down to the camps and and did, uh, you know, ultimately uh, kind of broke apart because of that. But I think every movement that wants to create strong change should be prepared that that's what they're going to face.
0: And uh, I want to ask you, the Democratic Party...
1: uh, Oh, and actually, sorry, uh, this gets to actually work. I know you did, but uh, speaking of infiltrators, more information has just come out about Tiger Swan at Standing Rock, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. You know, I was being told by Obama, let things play out while his FBI Homeland Security was working with an oil company's private mercenaries. So, you know, what do they call that? Fascism? Anyway, uh, (laughs) yeah, I want to get that uh, journalist on. That was a great report at The Intercept. Um, You know, I, I... I see the Democratic Party, Nancy Pelosi comes in, they want austerity, you know, we got to find cuts and we got to think of the debt and deficit. I mean, the Democratic Party actually, I don't know if it's their donors telling them this. I mean, the Republican Party doesn't give a shit. They say they do, but they blow up everything. Um, so the Democratic Party wants austerity. Uh, then you have, now they're talking Medicare Extra, you know, lowering the eligibility age for 55. So it's again with these crumbs and let's change the side dish Um, do you think, Nancy, do you think it's that they are just totally ignorant uh, of the movement underneath, or they simply don't care?
1: I think they're aware of it, and I think they're scared of it, and I think that they, but they're going to do everything to basically keep the corporate party, and by that I mean both Democrats and Republicans, in power. And right now, that corporate party is all but a handful of everybody in Congress. Um, And I I talked about in the Democratic primary for these midterms, the the fact that kind of like all of the actual progressive, like anti-corporate, all of those that were anti-corporate, they were weeded out in the early primaries. Like they were, like between a combination of not giving them, making sure they couldn't have any big funders, and the DCCC not giving them data, not helping them to run a campaign, I mean all of the truly left anti-corporate candidates were weeded out so early, so you ended up with about five in the actual election, uh, or maybe more than five, but only five in competitive districts, and then you ended up with like, you know, three or four getting in. Um, And it's, you know, it's been done well and carefully by the Democratic Party to make sure no one who is opposed to, uh, you know, the, the, the neoliberal corporate state is actually in Congress. Um, so really, it is it is one party in a lot of ways. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is a, a light wing Republican, maybe. Um, and and now she runs things with mostly Republican Democrats. <laughs> like,
0: right. And, you know, the economic t- numbers today, Trump is essentially manufacturing jobs are up and uh, wages are, are slightly up. Uh, So he's declaring victory. And I think he's going to be able to convince his base things are getting better, even though their plants are all still closed down and the jobs haven't been coming back. Um, But you you look at the underlying numbers. I mean, unemployment went up a little bit because more people started looking again, meaning unemployment has been low for a very long time because the majority of people gave up. Uh, even right, though, they,
1: don't count, they don't count that in the numbers.
0: Right. So this sugar high economics like being kind of branded and, and spun by CNN and you know, Bloomberg. Uh, I mean, I've, you've been on the road. I, I've, I go on the road as funding allows me to these days. I mean, the majority of the country is like living paycheck to paycheck and living in squalor, um, which goes back to this kind of talk of a yellow vest. I see more people waking up, but I also see that Trump's a great marketer and the Democratic Party is just selling the same shit. So it seems like we're going to continue to have this quasi if you want to call him a quasi fascist uh regardless of 2020 it seems to me that nothing even though there's an exploding movement underneath uh nothing's changing as far as this narrative uh that things are getting better and the economy's dandy um do you think that's a failure of the progressive movement do you think that's just the forces we're up against because i think you know the way to defeat Trump or just to defeat neoliberalism, you got to wake up more Republicans. You got to wake up more people that have been basically voting against their own interests.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: I should uh, say wake up more Democrats, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, I I think people need to understand that when when the Wall Street is doing well, when stocks are shooting through the roof, it's almost always because worker power is has been suppressed really well really efficiently so when workers have no power when they're not able to strike because they fear for their job and they're or they're working at jobs where there are no unions and no real leverage uh... that's when stocks do very well because the corporate owners are are very happy and they can pay workers hardly anything and so that's why wall street has been doing so well for the past ten years and yet the next collapse is, is coming or the next crisis and even Goldman Sachs and the large investment banks have said the next uh, economic uh, crisis will be by 2020 meaning that these are the largest these are the largest pro capitalism firms in the world and they are saying here's how capitalism works you will have a giant bust that destroys many people's lives millions of lives kicked out of their homes families fall apart you know, all of that jobs gone, pensions gone. You will have that every 10 to 12 years, mm-hmm. and that's the economic system that we're told to believe in, like it's some sort of religion. Um, but in fact, that's Goldman Sachs saying, "Here's how it works. You're gonna, we're gonna have another collapse because we are exploiting things so effectively that." that we are getting bloated and nobody can afford to buy anything anymore. And workers are struggling. And yeah, it's, 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 uh, I think Americans have to come to terms with that and wake up to that and wake up to the environmental destruction going on as well. And, uh, you know, I don't think any of that knowledge, any of that understanding will come from these clowns that we have in office that go out and give one press conference versus another press conference, just uh, calling each other liars. And and even the you know, one guy's lying and the other guy's calling him a liar and the other guy calling him a liar is also lying just in a different way. And, you know, I did a, I, you know, we've gotten into this bizarre, like, lies on top of lies where I did an article a year ago where each year Washington Post does a big article that's like, you know, 20 pages long on all the lies Donald Trump has told week by week through the past year. It's an immense article, an immense undertaking that they do. And I went through it, and they're not wrong that Donald Trump is lying. But I just picked apart how each time they're talking about his lies, they've got their own lies in mm. there. You know, they're, they're putting their lies on top of his lies. They're correctly calling him out. But then they're also trying to manipulate the American people at the same time.
0: Well, I might point out the Washington Post might not like Trump withdrawing troops considering, you know, they're trying to get a fat contract with the Pentagon and their contract— yep. Their uh, Oh, excuse me, Amazon, their, their parent. Um, fat contract with the Pentagon and the CIA and God knows who else. Uh, last, last question. How many Russian trolls uh, did it take to influence what you're having for dinner tonight?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I was telling somebody this earlier today. I think people don't understand, like, yeah, I've got this comedy show redacted tonight at RT America, and I get all this hate for that. And it's like, I don't think people understand how hard I have to work. Because I like every, I have to give a handjob to every KGB agent that requests one. Like that's in the contract, and so it's really, it's really rough on me. It's it takes a lot of lotion. Yeah. Uh No, I mean of course I'm at RT America because it's the only place, it's the only television channel that will give me the freedom to say all the stuff I'm saying to you right now. And it's the same reason people like Chris
0: Hedges and Jesse Ventura are here as well. It's. Uh, all in all seriousness it's interesting because i mean i don't i don't watch it like all day but i've seen enough rt if you put up rt america compared to cnn or M, especially msnbc which one is state run tv i mean it's not even close yeah it, it's it's really yeah. striking i mean it's, just look at syria i mean it was it was essentially just warmongers from just a revolving door on for days and days and days basically doing yeah. talking points for the US government.
1: And and now they just have they have ex, you know, directors of CIA and ex generals just on payroll now. They just come on, "Hey, I used to be the head of the NSA and now I'm going to tell you what to think." And they just have those people on. And you know, you're lucky if they mention, "Oh, this guy used to be with the NSA." But then they certainly won't mention the fact that he is currently on the board of like General Dynamics or some other weapons contractor. It's like this guy directly benefits from more war, and MSNBC or CNN or whoever is asking them whether we should be at
0: war. Right. And the interesting thing, and kind of corrupt thing, you know, this, this Senate intelligence report that they were using to say, oh, you know, these Russian trolls were targeting black people and Bernie voters and Jill Stein voters. The firm that did it, uh, new knowledge, I mean... The founder is an ex-NSA. I think the other founders, ex-State Department. You had Defense Department involved. Uh, I think William Connolly, President Clinton, CIA director, has financial connections. I mean, it's all, and it's the same thing with uh, CrowdStrike that did the, uh, I I mean, it's basically just, they might be X, but you're never really X. Deep state. I mean, you, you're always deep state. No,
1: you're, you're, it's a revolving door, and you're handed off to another group where you get paid to to keep, basically keep doing the same thing under a private, you know, business or whatever. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. Like all these organizations that uh, you know claim to have the truth. I mean, uh, Washington Post put out that ridiculous McCarthyite articles quoting proper not which proper not is this shadowy organization that just says everyone on the left wing is a you know far uh, everyone on the far left which means you know outside of the corporate democrats is a is a Russian and 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 the Washington Post is propping this up like some sort of it's like the saddest most pathetic lack of journalism in this country
0: well Appreciate you doing real journalism. Uh, tell the audience one more time, how can they watch your comedy special?
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I talk about all the stuff we've just talked about, except I try and make it funny. Uh, <laughs> in, the, in the comedy special, it's comedy special.com and they can also find it at the top of my Twitter, which is at LeeCamp.
0: Great. Thanks, man, for taking the time. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Okay.